We continue with the Daily Sports Feed on ESPN Harrisonburg. I am Dave Riggert. A pleasure to have you along. Let's talk some James Madison basketball with the beat writer for the Dukes, and that is Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record. As Again, he saw the two games at home that I saw this past week as JMU dropped a couple games at home in men's play. The women won their two games over the weekend and sit atop the Sun Belt right now. But let's talk to Shane. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing well. Thanks for coming on as always, and we'll hear from the the coaches tomorrow as they'll have their weekly media availabilities, but I guess let's start with the men just because that's what we saw this past weekend, and boy, as optimistic as we were one week ago, all of a sudden, they kind of gave that weekend back, losing two games at home to two teams that came into the week, both 0-2 and Sunbelt play. Were you shocked by what happened this week? I was. I mean, I I didn't think they would lose very many home games in conference. You know, at all, really. You know, just going into into the conference season, especially they would have started on the road, as well as they've been playing at home. Um, I mean, obviously not quite the same kind of you know atmosphere inside the Atlantic Union Bank Center without students there, but um, no, not what I expected for their two first two Sun Belt home games at all. Somebody was asking me at the station, man, how, what's wrong with their offense? What, what's going on? They were averaging so many points per game, and they they struggled on offense this past week, and. They did. They did not play good on offense. Again, against Texas State, they shot the ball okay, but they turned the ball over so much. They didn't shoot it well against App State and, and had turnovers again in the first half, but they're really struggling on that side of the basketball right now. Yeah, uh, a little bit of a perfect storm against App State, I think, uh, where they break out a zone that they had used before, and it coincides with the day where they, JMU shot, what was it, like four for 20-something, yep. three-point ranges. Um, you know, if, if JMU's hitting... Their threes at a little bit, a uh, little bit better clip. They maybe they forced App State to get out of that zone and uh, do some things that allows Jamie to run a little bit more. But yeah, the shooting was probably a big part of it against App State and against Texas State. I really think Texas State just did a really good job of slowing Jamie down. I don't know if you like noticed this as much, but you know Jamie couldn't even when they got stopped defensively, they couldn't run out of the right. against Texas State the way against had against a lot of the teams. It was just because, you know, Texas State, you know, you get a rebound against Texas State and they're still kind of poking at the ball and, you know, maybe just stopping you from getting that outlet pass out and things like that that really kind of disrupt things. That just, you know, made it a completely different kind of game against the Bobcats that James has been able to play against some other teams. And there's different types of toughness. There's mental toughness, obviously, and and they've struggled with that a little bit. But then there's the physical toughness that, that we see. And, and Texas State especially, they were physical, and it just seemed like the Dukes didn't really want much of that. They didn't they didn't want to get in there and get their nose dirty with, with, with some of those guys. And I thought that was I, – I thought that was very interesting to see. I didn't think this team would be like that, but they struggled with that physicality. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on, whether it's – you know, whether they managed to mentally get up for those road games, right. knowing that that was going to be a challenge with the travel and everything, and maybe maybe relaxed a little bit coming home, thinking, you know, they were in a better situation. Um, or, you know, obviously there's been some illness going around the team. Maybe the guys don't have as much energy right now. I don't know. Something looked different. Something looked off this weekend. And I can't exactly put my finger on it, but it just, yeah, it wasn't the way they had played just a week earlier they had played maybe their best game of the season at Marshall and turn around and play, you know, against that state, especially the first half, that was probably one of the yeah. worst performances they've had in the last few years. 
We're talking with Shane Metlin again from the Daily News Record as he is the basketball beat writer for JMU. And we'll talk some women's as well as they were top the Sun Belt right now and kind of in an opposite direction playing really well. They got a couple of road wins over the week and they get they get uh, four home games coming up as we'll talk about that. But, you know, one thing that it just seems and this wasn't a big factor in the non-conference because they were getting up and down. They were scoring. Heck, they were without Tyree Iannaccio and Terrell Strickland quite a bit. But even though those guys are back, and we talked last week about you know how they changed their defense because they're so good on the ball defensively. But those two really struggle to score the basketball. And do you feel like that's an issue for them right now offensively, that they've just got a couple of guys out there that really aren't threats to score? They're not shooting it a ton. They're not shooting it real well. I know they can affect the game in other ways. But then Noah Friedel's been inconsistent, didn't score in the game. So you add a piece like that. Do you feel like that hurts this team with those those guys? And they're good basketball players, but they're just they're struggling to score consistently right now. Yeah, um, I think so. And, you know, you probably – you got by with that when, when the other four guys on the floor are hot. Mm-hmm. And, but like you said, they've had some games where, um, you know, Votto, Morse comes back from his, you know, illness. And, you know, you probably don't expect him to play his best game right away. You know, he was okay, seven points. He made a three and everything. But that's one less scoring threat really on the floor alongside them at the backcourt. And, and if Noah's going 0 for 3, um, in a game, which is going to happen with him. It, yeah, it's kind of a bad combination if one of those guys can't step up with a little bit more offense, which they have at times. Mm-hmm. You know, Tyree and Acho, um, what, scored like 15? At 15 against Georgia, Georgia State. State, yep. Yeah, and, you know, kind of, you know, became another option there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a matter of, you know, we figured that they had you know, 10, 11 guys who could really play and, and be in the rotation. I mean, I think we probably figured that most of the time you're going to have seven or eight who are on their game at a time. But, you know, this weekend it really just didn't. It wasn't, you know, Terrence Edwards played good on Saturday, but, yeah, you know, um, there wasn't really anybody else playing that well around him. And, you know, we, well, and then he only had two points on Thursday, so, so so there's the inconsistency that, that I was going to get to is it's not just those guys that I, that I pointed out, but like, for instance, you mentioned Fat. I mean, two points on Thursday, then it goes for 17. Mezzi was pretty consistent this week, but, but Noah goes scoreless on Saturday after having a decent... I mean, it's just they're very inconsistent right now, uh, really, throughout the, the entire roster. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, we're going to get into the women here in a little bit, I would guess, but, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about the opposite situation with them where last year they relied so much on one player and now they're getting a little more help, but they still also yep. know like who their go-to is. Like, and, you know, even if it's maybe a couple of people at this point, but they know like who they're looking for in those situations where they need a basket or who they're going to run things through. And, you know, maybe Kiki Jefferson ends up like dishing it off after drawing some defense or something, but they know like, okay, this is our, are, this is our player we're going through. And I don't think maybe the roles are defined yet on the men's side where, you know, there are lots of guys who maybe think like they want to take a shot late in the game or late in a shot clock, things like that. And a lot of them are capable of, but um, I was still know if everybody's completely on the same page about like, okay, this is how we're going to run things if we need a basket on this possession. 
Well, and that's the one thing. Is we're talking to Shane Metlin again from the Daily News Record. Again, App State, they had a rally back, so that really wasn't a close game down the stretch. They got within six, but again, it was too little too late. But they've been in a ton of close games, but they haven't finished them. Again, Texas State, that they were. Um, the losses, I mean, even Virginia, they had a chance tied with, with a minute to go. Um, they were in overtime with two overtimes of Coppin State, the Valpo game in overtime. Their losses have all been, most of them have been a possession or two where it's going to matter and then just some bad plays, some missed free throws, some turnovers, and just bad shot selection at, at times. It's been a multitude of things. It's not one thing that's hurt them down the stretch. It's just execution has not been good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, they missed some free throws in those losses where, you know, they they kind of needed to make them uh, was they were making a comeback and it kind of squandered chances they had to make it, you know, really interesting down the stretch if they could have made a few more free throws. Um, and then, you know, we're talking about, you know, who's going to be that guy who you want to put the ball in his hands late in the game. I feel like at times, Talk Molson has definitely been that guy and maybe he could be that guy. Just, you know, his experience, his strength, his ability um, to take it to the basket. But then, you know, lately he's been doing that but not getting to the free throw line. And, you know, it's a mixture of, you know, not getting the calls. It's also a mixture of maybe just not um, – you know, making the play the way he should, but and he's got to the free throw line and missed a few too. So it's not that things are, are you know, a complete disaster right now. There's right. a few things that are just like a little bit off, and it really compounds when um, it's a few things that are just a little bit off. Are you concerned now after this past weekend and seeing what 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 we, what we saw? Now they have three or four on the road. They have seven of their next ten on the road. So it's a challenging stretch right now. Where if they could have won the two home games, they're sitting at four zero. You're thinking life is good, and this will be a tough stretch. But they have a little separation, or at least um, have a little wiggle room. Now they really don't. I know they're only a game out of first place because it's it's going to be a, a grind throughout this entire season. But it's a tough stretch. Three of four on the road and seven of ten uh, on the road as well. Yeah, and I mean it's um. They go South Alabama this week and a team that's been, I don't know, I mean, maybe you could say there's some similarities between yeah, South Alabama and I agree. maybe right now. Because I, I feel like that's a team that's underperformed and has some real talent. And you kind of just, I mean, if I was Mark Byington, I'd be looking at the South Alabama game, looking at their record and thinking, God, people are going to expect us to win this game based on their record. But if they play to their capability, it's going to be really tough. Yeah. And, uh, I'd be, you know, I'd be frightened that this was the game they were going to figure it out if I was Mark Byington right now. Uh, no question. Again, it's South Alabama Thursday. They host Georgia Southern, who's three and one so far in conference play. A Troy's three and one. Southern Miss is three and one. So three of the next four opponents are, are three and one so far in the league. ULL down the road is three and one. So it's uh, it. I don't. This will be this will be a big couple of weeks for the Dukes again. Three or four on the road before returning home to get Coastal and ULM. And again, we'll talk about this as we continue. Dukes at eleven and six, and they are four or two. Excuse me, two and two in their first four games in the Sun Belt. The women have won now. What is it? Twelve? What is it? Twelve in a row? No, not eleven in a row. Eleven in a row. They're fourteen and two. They're 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 four zero in conference play. Um, that was a big weekend. They handed Marshall their first conference loss. Handed Southern Miss their first conference loss. This team is really playing well right now. Yeah, I mean it's almost the opposite situation. Where it they've, is. You know, gone and really taking care of uh, those games they needed to win to get a little bit of separation to be the only unbeaten team in the Sun Belt uh, on the women's side. And yeah, it's you know this is sort of vintage JMU women's basketball. I mean, you were not here yet in time for, you mm-hmm. know, a couple of the really good seasons with um, 
with uh, you know Sean O'Regan's early team, but they tended to dominate in conference like they have at least so far this year. And you know, maybe maybe on the scoreboard they're not dominating that much. They're winning some close games on the road and everything. But it, it it's been a pretty impressive start. Uh, you know, after after a season opener where everybody was kind of like, oh, like they're still <laughs> making a lot of the same mistakes as last year. They've really really gotten it together and continue to prove kind of you know week to week. And I think we talked about her last week, but Susha Kozlova, I mean, she's way more than that anybody bargained for. And, and I know Sean O'Regan talked about this last Tuesday and probably will again, but she goes for 17 and 18 in the two games, and it's just um, she's kind of a go-to player for them right now. And that opens up so much else for Kiki and Jamia Hazel's playing well because of that. Peyton McDaniel, Steph Oderkirk um, had a big shot against Southern Miss. It, with With her presence, it just changes this team. It's something they haven't had. Yeah, they haven't ever... Like and at least in a few years, haven't had that player where um, she's just going to post up on the block and they're going to give her an entry pass and let her go to work. I mean, they've had they've had some really good post players, but they've mostly gotten their points offensive rebounds or they haven't scored very much. Uh, you know, you know, Kayla Cooper Williams now on the staff was a really really good post post player for JMU, but she just didn't score a lot. She blocked a lot of shots, she got a lot of rebounds, she put put some shots back, but they were never running the offense through her, you know, throwing entry passes to her on the block like this. Um, yeah, it's a completely different type of look, and um, it really opens things up for a lot of other people. It does, no doubt. And, it, you know, I, I talked to Sean a couple weeks ago about Jamia Hazel, but, boy, she's she's been really consistent of late, and, and given them a, she's getting double-figure points the last couple of games, um, it seems like she's playing her best basketball right now. Yeah, and um, – you know, it kind of goes along with what we were talking about, you know, with uh, Kozlova is it it opens up different avenues for different kinds of players. Yeah. She's always been somebody who likes to drive and take the back ball to the basket. And, you know, you can go back a couple of games to when they were playing ODU and they struggled a little bit the second quarter, came out, they were behind at halftime. And to open up the third quarter, they ran a play where it was, you know, Jambia driving the basket. And, you know, Ksenia looked like she was going to post up, and it was really more of a scream, but they were so concerned with her posting up, it opened up that, you know, lane to the basket for, for Jamia Hazel. And that's just, everybody's kind of figuring out how to play together. And that's just, you know, mm-hmm. kind of one specific example I noticed because it was at a pretty key time when they're needing the basket out of halftime. But, yeah, everybody's kind of, you know, figuring out their roles. And Jamia Hazel's one who I think came in here thinking maybe by her junior year she'd be averaging 16 points a game right? taking a lot of shots. And, you know, right now she's figuring out that eight points a game and four rebounds and a couple of assists is, you know, what she needs to do to really help this team. The one thing, too, is, again, we talked to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record talking some JMU basketball women's hoops right now. You know, Sean O'Regan said this during the, the local media that, that he had right before the season that um, Kiki could average 25, but that's that's not how we're going to be best. And early in the season she did, and they were they were squeaking by, and they were just they were. But now she's not. She only took nine shots in the Southern Miss win. She's not that she's deferring, and, and as you mentioned, she's still the go-to, but she doesn't have to do it all. This team is so much better when she doesn't have to. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, like we said, she's the go-to, but when the ball's in her hands now, there's a lot of other options yeah. besides 
her really, I mean, last year at times, the offense was her trying to get to the free throw line, really. And, you know, now she's got the ball in her hands. There's a lot of other options. You know, she might take to the basket. She might pull up. She might get to the free throw line. But she also might dish it off to one of, you know, three or four other people on the court who can hit a shot at any given time. We're talking to Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record. Any word on Kobe King-Hawea and, and when she'll return? Um, and she was playing a little bit this weekend. Uh, she played a few minutes at Southern Miss. I think it's just, yeah. Oh, yeah, she no, did play seven minutes. I did miss her. that. Yep. Yeah, it, it's, it's just a matter of her, like, I guess, you know, kind of getting to be a bigger part of the rotation, getting, yeah. getting completely healthy and getting confident into game shape and everything that, you know, comes along with sitting out and then having a little bit of injury <laughs> right. to get ready to play. Yeah, it's been adversity for her the last couple of seasons trying to get on the floor, so hopefully she can here soon and, and get more minutes as, as we know how good she can be. But um, this week they return home. So, again, this is they've got four consecutive home games. Boy, they could really set themselves up for, in a great spot the last half of this conference schedule. Yeah, they, they really could. Um, yeah, I mean, if you take care of business at home, uh, yeah, they're probably looking at you know having a cushion as you get to the second half of the conference schedule, it's looking good. Um, you know, we haven't talked a ton about the way the Sunbelt tournament set up, but finishing, finishing first, I mean, there's not a huge difference between finishing first and second or, you know, thing, but if they're, you know, setting themselves up to finish near the top, you get double by. Absolutely. You get yep. The conference tournament set up to reward the teams that play well in the regular season. And, uh, these games are really pretty huge coming up. Yeah, no question. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. They, with with so many teams, everybody making it, it is a double out of the, the quarterfinals. So, again, you don't have to worry about a first round and a second round and everything like that with the 14 teams in the league. So there's no question. You get one of those uh, top seeds, you're in pretty good shape, and you could be playing a real tired team in your first game. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But the Jamie yeah. women are in good shape right now at 4-0 atop the conference. And, uh, again, they get App State and Georgia State coming up this week. Both teams are 2-2. Two and two. Shane, my man, thank you so much. I appreciate it as always. We'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks, Dave.